Would you turn in your Bibles, please, to the last chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, and we'll begin to read at verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. They said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? When they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white raiment, long white garment. They were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Now, may the Lord bless to us the reading of his word. It was David, the sweet psalmist, who gave us these words. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. When we go back to the end of the gospel account, or particularly this account, you will appreciate that there was a night of weeping followed by a morning of joy. In between, there was a Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. And on a Jewish Sabbath, the body of our Lord Jesus rested in the tomb of a man called Joseph of Arimathea. I'm going to ask you to think with me for a little while today about a question that's found in verse 3 of what we've read. I want you to think with me of the context of this passage. I want particularly for you to think with me of the love of these women, the love that they had for the Lord Jesus. And could I suggest that someone has said, love knows no obstacles. Well, they knew of one obstacle, but there were others. I'm thinking of the question of verse 3. Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? When we go back and read the gospel accounts, you will appreciate this. 
that at the cross of the Lord Jesus, we're told there are a number of women, particularly those who had come from Galilee. It must have been particularly a day of heartbreak for many of them. A lot of dreams, a lot of hopes are gone. A lot of what they expected, things just haven't gone the way that they thought. You will know when you read your gospel accounts, that there is a moment when a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea went to Pontius Pilate. And while we have different words for this, we can read of how he begged, besought, craved, asked for the body of the Lord Jesus. There are quite a number of remarkable things when we read the accounts of some of these individuals. I am always amazed when I think of a Joseph and a Nicodemus in this regard. You will know what it says of Joseph, the rich man, the counselor, the secret disciple, the one who had not consented to the deeds, one who awaited the kingdom. I'm always amazed in this sense when I think of a Joseph and a Nicodemus. If he had been a secret disciple up till now, up till now, would common sense have not told him, stay secret from here on? You'll appreciate that neither Joseph nor Nicodemus nor the women in this passage are anticipating resurrection. Why would Joseph not stay out of sight? But there's something that has gripped the hearts of these people in relation to the person of Christ. And there's a love for Christ that these men care not for their earthly positions. They care not what tomorrow will bring. They want to do what is right and what is best. Our brother touched on Joseph of Arimathea. I've often asked myself this question. Why would a man of Arimathea have a tomb in Jerusalem? Perhaps somebody can help me on this one, but is it not a Jewish tradition? And had our brother continued with some of these Old Testament illustrations of an Abraham and a Jacob and so on, would we not find that it is traditional that they be taken back to their home area to be buried? So what's Joseph of Arimathea doing with a tomb in Jerusalem? Where did the idea come from? I suppose some of you no doubt have gone in your mind to Isaiah 53. The thought being that they appointed his grave with the wicked, but, and here's one of these beautiful buts of the Bible, he was with the rich in his death. The rich one, is it? And I don't know what Joseph's reasoning might have been, other than to say this, I know what God's purposes were. 
that he will not allow the body of his son to be disposed as the other two men likely were. God has something special in view. Coming now just for a few moments to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. I see a little band of women, and they're going out early in the morning. In the four Gospels, we'll have the record. In the end of the Sabbath, you'll notice, and I take that to be more than literal in this sense. The Sabbath is going to give way to the first day of the week. Now, it's literally true, but there's a spiritual lesson there as well. You Not only it's the end of the Sabbath, not only the beginning of the first day of the week, it's early in the morning, and we're told, while it was yet dark. We can learn from the Gospels that some of these women, before they leave on the day of the crucifixion, they would have watched two men, two men who carefully would have taken the body of the Lord Jesus from the cross, wrapped it in linen, laid it in the tomb. We can see that Joseph provided the tomb and the linen, and Nicodemus, the myrrh and the aloes. Now again, none of these are anticipating immediate resurrection. But now we read of how early in the morning these women go. No matter where you read the account, you'll notice this, that there's Mary Magdalene, and there is a woman who is called the Other Mary. Interesting and informative if you follow that through and see who she is. Mark's Gospel tells us Salome is with them. I'm inclined to believe that the women went out, likely in different little companies from the city, very early this morning. But coming to my point here, as these women go, they say to themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? They're facing a problem. A problem too big for them to handle. Now, these women would have watched as Joseph rolled that stone up. It's a man's job, not a woman's job. I can't give you the weight of the stone, but you'll know that it's rolled against the, over the mouth of the tomb. A man's job. What I'm going to suggest to you is this. That rolling away the stone from the door of the tomb is the least of their problems that morning. Least of their problems. There are other issues. There are other problems. There are other obstacles. Let me go a step further. Had they known of the other problems, had they known of the other obstacles, then they might as well have stayed home. No point in going out. Now, some of you are saying, well, what are you referring to? 
What I'm really thinking, of course, is this. These, this little band of women, in a sense, we can draw a lesson from it. We don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's to come. And oftentimes, it's a good thing that we don't. What are those issues that I'm thinking of? I mentioned to you that Joseph of Arimathea went to Pontius Pilate, the governor. I might add this. Joseph of Arimathea had to go to Pilate at just the right time. Had he gone too early, there's no way Pilate would release that body. Had he gone too late, What if when Joseph got there, Pilate said, Sir, you're too late. I've already turned the whole matter over to the Jews, and they'll take care of the three bodies. Joseph's timing is God's timing. So Joseph goes and begs the body. What the women didn't know, and they had no way of knowing that I can see, is this. That after Pilate releases the body into the care of Joseph, there were some other men who came to see Pontius Pilate. And you remember they mentioned something to Pilate about the possibility of words having been spoken about his coming back from the dead. And there was a concern that the body might disappear and then rumors start. It's a rather peculiar thing to me that ungodly men should have remembered something about resurrection whereas faithful believers didn't really know that such thing would take place that morning. Strange, isn't it? But in any event, you will remember in Matthew 28 what Pilate did. He said to the priests and the Pharisees, you have a watch. And that watch simply means this. You have soldiers. You have professional armed guards. All right, go put them at the tomb. I noticed that Pilate said, make it as sure as you can. I don't know what you think of that. But I sometimes wonder, I sometimes wonder if Pontius Pilate, the man who had been the more afraid, when they told him about the Lord Jesus and his claim to be Son of God, When Pilate, who had been afraid when his wife comes and tells him, have thou nothing to do with this just man. When Pilate had been told, my kingdom is not of this world. Whence art thou, says Pilate. I wonder when he said, make it as sure as you can. If Pilate might just have been a wee bit troubled as to what's going to happen here. You do what you can. But in any event, Matthew 28, we learn these two things. 
They set a watch and they sealed the tomb. So I want to leave with you three problems that no little group of women from Galilee, no matter what their love, no matter what their devotion to Christ, three problems that they cannot handle. Now, what they might do with a stone, I could hardly know. What a little band of women are going to do with professional soldiers on guard at the mouth of a tomb, I do know. The answer is nothing. What would a little band of women do, not only in relation to professional soldiers that were guarding the tomb, but a seal of authority that marks that stone? Because you see, that seal would represent the authorities of those days, and perhaps Roman authority. And the implications are very clear. Don't touch this. You can imagine the weight of the law would come down upon anyone that would touch a Roman seal. But in any event, the soldiers wouldn't let them near. That's why I said earlier, Had they known the soldiers were there, had they known the stone was sealed, might as well have stayed home because they couldn't handle those problems. But fortunately, nobody told them about the soldiers or the seal. Nobody let them know. Pilate wasn't good enough to send them a message. The Pharisees and the priests weren't particularly interested in telling these women, so they just simply didn't know. And here they are with their spices and everything that's needed to anoint a body of one that they loved, a body that they think will rest in that tomb. And out they go in the morning. Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? As they're pondering this question, I wonder if any one of them might have thought, the answer to our dilemma is Peter. Peter, I judge, to be a big, strong fellow. Where's Peter? Not quite sure, folks, but, but, Peter is not too far away. Because when I go to John chapter 20, and I read the story of a Mary Magdalene who sees a stone missing, I see a woman that runs for Peter. And quite obviously, in the light of the gospel records, she's not long before Mary, Peter, and John are back. Peter's not that far away. But Peter's not there. The big brave men are out of sight. Probably good reason too, by the way. I don't want to be too critical on them. The big brave men are elsewhere. When these brave women come to face the obstacle. Now then I'm saying to you they have three problems. The stone that concerns them. 
the soldiers that they don't know anything about, and the seal as well that they know nothing about. Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? What they don't know and what they can't handle, God can. And what did God do? I would take it by the way that the seal meant this. Now, very, very simple. I would take it the seal means this. This movable stone will be attached to the rock face that the tomb is carved out of. And this implication of the seal is don't touch that stone. What did God do? God sent an earthquake. What does an earthquake do? Earthquakes are not particularly selective about shaking this but not that. Earthquakes, you know, will shake the whole thing. And I'd be inclined to think that there's this little bitty Roman seal and just a little earthquake from God So much for the authority of Rome. So much for the power and authority of this greatest nation on earth. So much for all that that represents thou shalt not. God shakes and breaks, I suggest to you, the whole thing. What about the big strong soldiers that these women don't know about? God sends an angel. Not 10,000, mind you. God sends an angel. And then the professional soldiers became as dead men. They were frightened to death. What did they do? They take off and run for the city. And this little group of women are coming. They hadn't realized either of those two big problems. Nor do they quite realize what God is going to do because of what they can't handle. The soldiers are gone. The seal is broken. What else? The stone is moved. So that when the women come, there's the mouth of an empty tomb, the open mouth of a tomb. They don't just know yet that it's empty, but there it is, the stone is missing. I think at that moment, by the way, when Mary saw the tomb gone, she ran. The other women stayed there, but Mary Magdalene ran, ran for Peter. Who shall roll us away the stone? From the door of the sepulcher. What they were worried about. God has taken care of. Now for a moment. Just for a few moments. I wonder if you and I. Could draw a lesson from this. A practical lesson. I said earlier. We don't know what's around the corner. Good thing we don't. 
But nevertheless, can we realize this? Things that you and I don't know of, and things that you and I couldn't possibly handle, things that if we knew, we'd give up. That's why I said not leave home. Perhaps many of us can look back and say, had I known, had I known. But we didn't. And most of us perhaps can look back and say this. I can see now, we're in the course of my lifetime. God has moved and God has removed obstacles taken care of problems that were too big for me. In their love for the Lord, they move ahead. I would like to appeal to all of us today. Now, keeping in mind, they don't know what we know. They didn't know of the truth that early this morning, not only would the stone be missing, but the body would be gone. The Lord would be raised. There'd be a message from the angels. There'd be the appearance of the Lord. The morning would turn to joy. Christians, there's a lot of you. There's a lot of Christians everywhere. Will you kindly remember, nothing is impossible with God. There are the problems, the difficulties, but in the light of God's Word, will you kindly remember, it's through the valley, through the fire, and through the flood. It'll be about 90 years ago that a man a good many miles from here was in the hospital and the doctors had told him, end of the road. In any event, that man was a believer. And there was intercession to God in this particular case. And sometime later, the man realized that the problem was gone. God had intervened. As God sometimes does. Not always, but sometimes does. In that case, that man, just shortly or about that time, noticed an advertisement in a newspaper. It was the advertisement of a very large construction company that specialized in bridging rivers and tunneling mountains. I don't just know how the advertisement went, but the man read it, looked at it, and modified it. And he wrote a hymn that's been sung down through the years. If I thought you all knew it, I'd ask you to sing it. If I didn't care about you leaving, I'd sing it myself, but I won't take that chance. But in any event, there are some words that you might take with you.
be of good courage, God spake unto Joshua. When o'er the Jordan he pointed the way. Jordan uncrossable, things looked impossible, but waters divide as they march and obey. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He does the things others cannot do. Who shall roll us away the stone? They needn't have worried. The Lord knows all about it and will take care of it and take care of what they don't know. May the Lord help all of us just to move out and move on in love for Christ and leave the problems with the Lord.